crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Uh, well, that sucked. Nine to one. And it was over five batters in. Corbin Burns was off his game. Merrill Kelly was on his game. Yelich got a triple. But that's about it. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on the program. <sighs> I, I, I I see the, the frustration on Twitter, and I share it. I mean, you, you feel good about a sweep against the Pirates. We've been setting the stage. The Diamondbacks are good. The Diamondbacks are leading the West. The Diamondbacks are a very good team and a much better team that you even lost the series to earlier this year in Arizona. So you knew this was going to be a hard-fought series. I just hoped it was going to be more entertaining as I tweeted right as the game started. Buckle up. Let's have some fun. Uh, it was not fun in that first inning. In fact, Burns allowed four hits before he even got a out, an out. The Brewers had three hits the entire game. Not great, Bob. Not great. I, I, I want to break down Corbin Burns today. I want to just, let's have an honest conversation about him. Craig Kishon is going to join us in just a little bit. Because the reason why he felt so good about a sweep against the Pirates and then getting ready to face these Pirates or these Diamondbacks is the fact that, hey, Corbin Burns has been pitching better as of late. Yeah, let's, you know, it looks like he might be finally turning the corner. And, he dominated against the Diamondbacks back on his third start of the year. Remember, he went eight shutout innings against them. You're thinking, okay, I mean, let, let's let's get him back on track. You know, he had 17 strikeouts and only one walk in his past 14 innings coming into today. Uh, and even going back to the red start, yeah, he allowed a homer and he had four walks, but he only allowed two hits. So you figure the contact, while it popped up against the Twins, maybe it was going to be a day that he gets... You know, his good feels going again, right? Uh, we were wrong. We were very wrong right off the bat. 30-pitch first inning, but yet he only threw another 56 pitches for the rest of the game. He only went five innings today, given all the labor he needed in the first, and the game was in hand. Seven runs, ties a career high. Uh, he also gave up seven runs last season as well against the Dodgers. Uh, we're going to have a bigger conversation about Corbin, but I'm officially kind of unlocking the concern button. And I made this comment to a friend earlier today. This feels like Josh Hader 2.0 in that you're in this weird stretch of the season, right? Think of, think of this point last year when the Brewers were in a very similar stall. They had the best start in 50 games in franchise history, then stalling in June and July. Remember, you had the big uh, bad series in, in San Francisco, and that was right at the end of the first half. Uh, when Hader starts to struggle again and things were not not great and you didn't know what to do. And here we are, you're stuck kind of in between gears. You can hear it revving. The guy that you've depended on, Corbin Burns, and he wants the ball in these situations. He's somebody that you have plenty of reason to trust, but now all of a sudden there's a little bit of apprehension. And you're like, well, what? And the reason I fear this is because you guys know me. I'm a nerd, and I'm looking at baseball savant. I'm trying. I am breaking down numbers. I am writing stuff down. I'm p- 
bringing it into the spreadsheets and everything. I'm I'm using my eye test as well, talking to people around the game. What do they see? What do they hear from Corbin? Talking to Corbin. And the thing that worries me the most is the fact that you look at his baseball savant page, right? Since he found the cutter, and you look at his pitch usages since 2021, they're identical for the last three years. It's the same every single year. And furthermore, when you do it against righties, you do it against lefties, it's the same. The league has adjusted to him, and he hasn't made the adjustment back. 2021, 52% cutters. 2022, 55% cutters. 2023, 53% cutters. That's all the same. Curveball, 18%, 18%, 17%. Changeup, 10%, 10%, 12%. Slider, just it, it, 8%, 9%, 8%. We need to see some creativity here. Today we saw a few more sinkers, but I'm worrying the fact that we know he's got some nasty stuff, and we know he relies on the cutter, and quite frankly, a bit too much. As we saw today, the Diamondbacks were all over it. And now it's Corbin Burns' turn to make the adjustment back to the league, right? The cutter, we've talked about it with the rookies before, right? And... Corbin's adjustment when he arrived in the bigs because they were attacking his four-seam fastball was developing the cutter, and it worked in 2021. It worked pretty well last year, but he gave up a lot more homers last year than he did in 2021, and now here we are seeing the uh, the slow burn that has been, hey, the league is learning what your cutter looks like. Can we develop something else? And we're talking more about the, uh, the number one thing I want to see more of from Corbin. I don't want to see more sinkers. I want to see more breaking balls. I want to see more sliders, and I want to see more right-on-right changeups. Granted, he saw a lot of lefties today with all those switch hitters in the order, but he's always had trouble these last two years against right-handed hitters specifically. Everybody was hitting him today. We saw so much to the opposite field. I, I want to see something that gets them off of his cutter, something that is straight or something that is darting in. The sinker's not a great pitch for him. He doesn't have a lot of command for it. But if he can get more curveballs, he tried to do that today, didn't have command of that pitch. Everything was below the zone. But maybe he has to switch to a breaking ball-heavy approach as opposed to a cutter-heavy approach because it seems like every time he's gone cutter-heavy, it hasn't worked out this year. The numbers back that up. My eye test backs that up. The cutter hasn't been the same this year. The execution's not there. It's just... I. The Brewers, to be successful the rest of this season, are going to rely on Corbin Burns. You can't just try, oh, yeah, it's Corbin, he'll figure it out. Like, no, you need him to be successful. And you can't keep relying on Julio Tehran and Colin Ray, as great as they've been. Julio Tehran is going to regress. And if it's a minimal regression, great, but every pitcher regresses. There's a reason why he was in AAA with the Padres, right? There's a reason he was in any ball. Kudos to him for reinventing himself and pitching well, but you have to be ready for that regression. He's pitching on Wednesday. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Want to get to the phone line, Sparky and Madison. You're on the line here on Brewers Extra Innings. Okay, Dominic. Hey, thanks for taking my phone call here. I'll tell you what. You got uh, it. It's really, it's, it's really tough to watch that Brewer offense. They had three hits tonight, didn't they? Yes. Is it three hits? Yeah, okay. Uh, I have no idea what they can do uh, between now and the end of the season, uh, but it's hard to believe that that's a first-place team playing against another first-place team tonight. And 
their pitching staff has had some issues with injuries, and how in the world they can stay in first place on the 19th of June is hard to believe. But I don't think there's anything between now and the end of the season they can do offensively. They just do not have the kind of ball players that that the Diamondbacks have, the guys that can put the ball in play. They don't strike out. They can hit and run. And, you know, to watch the Brewers, really, when I see the Brewers play, and I watch the Brewers play quite often, they are not a, a very exciting team to see play because it's feast of famine. And, you know, I don't know, and I don't think you or any of us that the Brewers know what can be done to turn this around. So uh, I guess we're all lost for words as far as what's mm-hmm. going to happen. So I just wanted to throw that out. And, uh, uh, God, you know, uh, they go on a 10-game road trip after this homestand, and then they play the Cubs and Cincinnati. Then you have the All-Star break, and, boy, it could really really get ugly. But, you know, I hope that some way, shape, or form, something will turn around because uh, there's still uh, half a season to go. So, anyhow, Dominic, I just wanted to throw that out there and get some feedback from you guys, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Sparky. Appreciate the call there. I want to talk more about Corbin and the offense when Craig joins on, but I agree. It's feast or famine. Three hits against an ace, albeit. Merrill Kelly pitched very well, but it's it's just like one of those things. Like, man, you can't just disappear this often. we got to take a break. We're up against it. We're with you to the top of the hour at nine o'clock or 11 o'clock tonight. Uh, again, I want to remind you that 855-616-1620 is the phone number. You can text. You can call. I'll read a few more of those coming up in just a bit. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, and they're offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities that's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. We got Craig on the other side of the break. Stay with us, WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. All right, not a fun night. Not a fun night, to say the least. Brewers fall 9-1 to in Game 1 of 3 with the Diamondbacks. This will wrap up the season series. Now Arizona's already claimed the season series. Oh, no, scratch that. They can, uh, no, they won two, so they've won three now, so the worst they can do is split the series. Math is hard sometimes. Craig Kishan is joining us here on the program. Uh, this is a quick text I want to read you here, Craig. This is a really good D-backs team, and this is what they do. Burns was rattled after the first pitch he threw, and it felt out of reach from there. A tip of the cap is all I have tonight from Josh in Milwaukee. I give a tip of the cap as well. But I'm also a little bit alarmed of how quickly and how comfortable the Diamondbacks looked against the Brewers' best in Corbin Burns. Yeah, they came out really, really aggressive, uh, Dom. No question about that. You know, I don't remember the last time, you know, two pitches in, it was second and third to start a game against any Brewer pitcher. Um, and nor do I remember a, an inning like I saw against Corbin Burns, especially to start. I know it's never happened before, but nine batters – through the uh, through the first inning uh, was just astonishing to see, and unfortunately, this kind of goes back a little bit to uh, you know I heard the tail end of your last segment on on it feast or famine things like this are happening you know too often, and it's not it's not so much on Corbin Burns end as it is just on how these games are going sometimes. I mean. I know it's baseball, but there are far too many of these games that are that are over so early like this. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Burns, he couldn't get anything established. And 
if you appreciate baseball and you appreciate offense, um, you have to you have to watch this Arizona team. If if you haven't seen them much, they're worth watching at this point. They're they're young and aggressive, and I I love aggressive baseball. I I I just do. I love how this pitch clock is is helped out certain teams this year um and we're, we're pushing for offense and i i think this team is uh in particular in the diamondbacks is has taken advantage of all of it we're here right now this is if you if you look at how things have changed in the evolution of baseball by the rules this is a perfect example of how you succeed right here not only uh, speaking to the aggressive point right they swung at the first pitch from Corbin nine times tonight. Six of those nine times were cutters. They only whiffed once on the first pitch tonight, right? They are up there attacking with the game plan. They saw the cutter, and they were putting it in play, specifically on the first pitch. I mean, overall, Corbin only had six whiffs tonight, four of them on the cutter, one on the curve, and one on the slider. I, I, I wonder... You know, is this the MO, right? When we saw him in 2021, Corbin, when he was at his best, it was because teams were getting familiar with the cutter and getting familiar with, okay, that thing moves late. I got to make sure I stay on that. Then they blink and it's 0-2 and and Corbin had his full arsenal at at disposal. This year, it's been teams, a mix of both, right? Where it's, if we see that cutter early, we're attacking, but forcing him to throw a strike with anything other than the cutter. Yeah, I mean, and that's the whole thing. And tonight the cutter wasn't working at all, but it's still the first inning. And and Vinny Rotino and I talked about this on our post game show as well. And you know, I think I think I posed the question, and I certainly don't know the answers to all of these things and and how they work. Especially, you know, I I'm sitting here sometimes, you know, Dom is a baseball fan, thinking this is a former Cy Young Award winner. This is an ace. Uh, use something else, even though it's the first inning, not your signature pitch uh, every single time or whatever. And, and you know, Vinny pointed it out to our audience, and, and I know he's pointed it out to yours in the past as well. You know, if, you're, if, you, if that's your pitch and that's who you are and that's what made you a Cy Young Award winner and that's what's made you successful uh, in, in your resurgence here in the last several years – it's the first inning. You got to keep going to it. You got to. You got to think that you're going to establish it. You got to think that you're going to get those, those, those whiffs. You're you're thinking some of those soft liners are going to turn into outs and not keep falling in for base hits, uh, that type of thing. So, and none of that was working at all, which made this seem so rare for Burns. It, it was a, a a weird day. In the first, because then he really settled down after that, and you know the score certainly had something to do with that. But I'm just looking at some of the numbers here, year to year, on the cutter. Starting in 2021, a full season of sample with the cutter, he allowed six homers on the pitch in his Cy Young season 2021. Opponents hit 237 on it, which is a little bit higher than I remember. Uh, but the average exit velo was solid. The launch angle was low. But each year, the exit velo on average against him has gone up. The launch angle average has gone up, and now he's allowed he allowed nine homers on the cutter last year. Uh, he allowed his seventh tonight on the cutter. I I know he lives and dies with the pitch, but something's got to change, you know, where you figure, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, kind of thing. And he knows the cutter's a great pitch, but. We, we can't keep acting like it's been the same pitch as it was in 2021. 
And to see the continued contact against it that we've been seeing this year, it, it worries me because as we know, and this is right before you joined us, Craig, the Brewers are going to need Corbin Burns to pitch well. Period. I mean, they as great as Julio Tehran has been, as great as Colin Ray has been, as great as guys that have stepped up in these roles in Brandon Woodruff's absence and Eric Lauer's demotion to AAA and other injuries to Wade Miley and such, Corbin Burns was supposed to be kind of the constant, and he has not been the constant, and that worries me moving forward. Yeah, and, and I can't put my finger on it any more than, you know, yes, those numbers have changed, um, and, but – but I would venture to guess some numbers have changed for some other pitchers as well. And yes, you need to uh, make adjustments along the way. Um, you, you know, Dom, that this is still a number one priority, you know, with Corbin Burns and this team as he is pushing through, you know, the prime of his career, which he's just really entering now. Um, so, you know, so, something obviously is going to uh, change as far as adjustments go for him. You, you, he's too smart for it not to happen at this point. And, yes, I will also agree, name me no other pitcher than this is his team right now. And as he goes, the Brewers will go, uh, in my opinion. And, and tonight, you know, down six runs. Yeah, I'm not saying it's all his fault. But I'm telling you right now, we, we all realize where this offense is right now. And to come back from that deficit is has been nearly impossible this season, even with, you know, nine innings of offense yet to go and trailing by six. It's been it's been just extremely difficult. Yeah, we'll get into a little more offense, talk a little yelly as well. Uh, and maybe make some suggestions for what July could look like for the Brewers. Because, I mean, tomorrow's June 20th. I mean, we're, we're 72 games into the season. There's 90 to go. We're almost at the halfway point. I mean, this is – it's getting real now. And, and adjustments are going to have to be made if the Brewers are going to push into the postseason. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. More with Craig on WTMJ. Brewers fall 9-1. Yeah, But there's another one tomorrow. They're 37-35. and 35. They win the next two. They will win the series. Split the season series with the Diamondbacks. And try to hang tough with the white-hot Cincinnati Reds. They've won nine games in a row. Colin Ray will get the ball tomorrow against Ryan Nelson. He's a righty. And we're with Craig Kishon. Let's talk a little offense here, Craig. Just three hits tonight for the crew. Uh, at least Brian Anderson reached base three times. They hit in two walks. He needed that. He needs to get going. Uh, Christian Yelich stays hot. He's hitting 272. He hits an RBI trip with a lone bright spot today for the crew. But he wasn't alone in struggling today. A lot of guys struggled today. But this... There's something about this top half of the order. I mean, Rowdy needs a good day bad. Willie needs a good day bad. Winker, yes, he reached base three times yesterday. Today was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. This top half of the order, I don't don't know what Craig Council can do because people are saying, oh, take Willie out of the three-hole, take Winker out of the two-hole. I'm like, okay, but who are you going to put there, right? This lineup isn't as deep as it was early in the season right now. No, it's not. And you look up and down this lineup and, you know, Christian Yelich is playing, I should say, hitting as well as he has hit in a few years now. Right. At 271 coming into tonight's game. Now he's reached base 
uh, safely in 12 straight games. He had the RBI triple tonight. Uh, but, I mean, Winker starts out the night at 202, a couple of caught-looking strikeouts and a, and a ground out to second base. Uh, Willie Adama started the night at 200, uh, had a base hit in his third at bat, struck out and flew out to right before that. Uh, Rowdy Telez, 228, is your cleanup hitter tonight. Uh, lined out to right, struck out, hit into a double play. Um, and then Owen Miller, 290, is your number five hitter. I mean, it's just, and then, then you got a couple of guys out. You got a couple of guys up from AAA. You've tried to put Joey Weimer from the number nine spot to the number two spot. And basically, you're flip flopping low 200 hitters, you know, by doing that. It, it is a little stunning to me to, to look at where these guys are batting here right now and, and the numbers that they're putting up, but, but what can be done because I think just up and down this lineup here right now, as a whole, this offense just continues to struggle. And tonight, just the three hits, um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time now, Dom. It's, it's – um, it's a tough situation. I, I don't know how much more you mix this lineup up. I don't know what it does to, for for example, putting Willie Adamas in the number seven hole. I just don't know what that'll do for him or the ball club, you know, by putting him down there and saying, take a little pressure off him. Well, put everyone in the number seven hole because there's a lot of guys who need to take some pressure off, I guess, if you're only hitting 202 or whatever it is. So this is this is a head scratcher to me. This has just been going on too long. I mean, even Owen Miller has cooled off from his awesome month of May, and this was a concern. Owen did this with the Guardians last year. He got off to a great start in April and May and then fell apart in the summer, and it's the league has made the adjustment to him again right now. So he's a guy that they have been looking to for offense. He's cooled down. You can't take Yelich out of the leadoff spot because he's the guy that's getting on base. He's the guy setting the table. You don't want him to consistently come up with nobody on in two outs. Uh, Rowdy Telez hasn't hit a home run since mid-May. He hasn't hit a home run in 23 games, and his two extra base hits are both flukes. It was a triple that was misplayed in Toronto and the double that was misplayed the other day against the Pirates. He's been hitting the ball hard. I give him credit, but he's not walking. He's got two walks in his last 23 games. He's got 21 strikeouts in his last 23 games. This is your home run leader with 12 homers, and he hasn't hit a homer in 23 games. That's not just on him. No one else is hitting homers either, aside from like Joey Weimer. Yeah, that that's the thing for me. It's what do they have? Three players in, with ten home runs or more, and that's it. So you're talking about three players hitting double digit home runs right now for Milwaukee, and that's it in in this home run friendly ballpark. Never in my life, and I've I've opened up this ballpark in in my broadcasting days for the Brewers when they when they opened up the ballpark, and and I don't remember the Brewers hitting so many outs just to the warning track, just in front of the ball uh, wall. Um, uh, and the, the power just isn't there for whatever reason here right now. And it's, uh, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain a guy, you know, like Rowdy Tillez, you're talking mid-May. Um, not, not him. I mean, there's no way you could have you won him bet in Vegas before the season started that he'd only have 12 home runs right now. And he's been, he's been healthy. He hasn't missed really any games, has he? I don't remember that. No. No. So I, I present to you uh, a question and a proposition. 
Uh, we saw it a little bit in September last year. New blood injected some life, right, when Garrett Mitchell arrived and got things going. In April, the new blood of Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang injected some life. How long can they wait on Sal Freelich? I mean, if he keeps hitting, I mean, Monday's a league-wide off day in the minor leagues, but how long can you wait on Sal Freelich? I know he's young. I know he's not on the 40-man, but you might as well get it sooner as opposed to later if you're going to try to get some spark and a guy that fits exactly what you saw tonight from the Diamondbacks, a guy that refuses to strike out, puts bat to ball, and has wheels for days. He's somebody that fits exactly what you watched tonight. Well, I mean, there's there's that out there for sure. And I mean, let's face it, if he doesn't uh, have that thumb injury, he's probably he probably would have been on this roster a long time ago. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the guy and his approach, but he did miss, you know, a, a good amount of time, a couple of months nearly. Uh, and so now he's just starting to swing again. I kind of like to read between the lines a little bit. And I'm just this is just for me. This is no guarantees of anything. But when. Craig Council said when Freelick came back, uh, was it last week or maybe, you know, 10 mm-hmm. days ago or whatever, that um, he's going to need to hit for a while uh, in, in AAA and, and get his at-bats in and, and, you know, prove that he belongs here again. And to me, it was like, well, they can't promote him. He's been out. For, he hasn't been to the majors yet. He's been out for two months. They can't just bring him up here and, and, and start him. But if he if he starts to get hot and he had a, he had a great day Saturday, I know he was over yesterday. Um, but if he if he starts getting hot again, that's got to be somebody you, you look at at this point because there are there are some veterans on this team that they signed to be here to hit and produce, and they're paying them to do it. And we're at the point of any major league season where. If you're going to cut ties, you've given this player, you know, his his chance to to stay. And if you're going to cut ties, then the, the time to cut ties is coming up. We've seen it with a couple yeah. of guys already, but that that time is starting to come up here. And so, yeah. Bryce Terang, same thing, Dom. If if he gets you know that hitting stroke back, he's got to come back here. They can't just let him sit down there and and hit 300 for a month. I mean, he's got to come back here, doesn't he? Exactly. And defensively, what he provides, too, and Craig Council has said it every day, we talk about Joey Weimer. Yeah, Joey was over today, and he nearly uh, you know, clotheslined Christian Yelich on a fly ball to left center tonight, but it's because of that, because his defense. He's delivering gold-glove, borderline caliber defense in center field. Bryce Terrain delivers that at second base, too. And I love the story of Andrew Monasterio, a longtime minor leaguer. He's a good kid. He's cooled off with the bat as well, and defensively, He's not the same as Bryce Terang. And let's be honest, this is the closest division right now in all of baseball. The Central, the lead is now you're on your third different division leader right now with the Reds taking the lead. It's going to come down to the last week of the season. And I refuse to write off the Cardinals. I refuse. It's going to be real. And it's a long season, I know. And I've said this over and over. It's a long season, yada, yada. But, but little games like this add up. Little games, all right, well, chalk it up. You know, another blowout shouldn't sit well. And another chance for the Brewers to come back tomorrow and say, all right, let's level the series, and then you're going to have your hands full on Wednesday with Zach Gallen. But sometimes great teams just find a way. That's what they did. They found a way against the Pirates. I don't know how they're going to find a way against an elite team like the Diamondbacks right now. 
Yeah, I was looking at the um, their record against divisions in the National League, and and of course we just saw the Pirates leave town after the Brewers swept them. I mean, the Brewers are doing really well against their own division, which is a good sign if you think about what the division is right now. Like you're like you're just mentioning, you have three three different division leaders, and everyone's barely below or barely at five hundred here right now, leading the way. So that's up for grabs. They're like eleven and five against the against the Central, but against the West, holy cats, man! I think they're what seven and fourteen, seven and fifteen now so far this season, and they still have I think eleven games to go, including the two games in this series against Western opponents. So, um, yes, you got to make hay within your division, but you, you gotta you gotta put it together and gain some consistency, you know, along the way. And by the way, I'll also say this. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a show with you since Terang uh, got demoted. I, I think he got demoted like a day or two after I almost guaranteed that he wouldn't get demoted because of his defense. <laughs> and so what do I know, Dom? You may have to find a new host know? at night. <laughs> uh, what do any of us know, my friend? Uh, I would, normally, we do the difference-making moment here. But, I mean, it, it was – Four nothing in the blink of an eye, and it was six nothing in the first. I think we both agree that first inning was the difference making moment. First two pitches were the difference. Yes, no doubt at all. Craig Kishan here on the program. Thanks as always for your insight, my friend, and uh, you'll do it with Greg Matzik tomorrow. All right, sounds great, Dom. We'll uh, talk to you again uh, later in the week. All right. The difference-making moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. They're different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at AnnexWealth.com. Get who's hot, hear from Craig Council a little bit, and uh, stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Text here from Mike in Colorado. Thanks as always for listening, Mike. We should not be surprised one bit how poorly, how poorly the Brewers represented themselves tonight. This season they have flopped miserably after big victories or important series wins, but losing badly, evidenced by only three hits this evening. Same frustrating way we've lost numerous games this year and last year and the year before. Probably Craig Council probably chalked this up to another that's baseball cliche. Uh, it seems that with Craig Council at the helm, Brewers cannot simply get out of low gear. It's the manager's job to be even keeled. You know, you want him to bang the desk in front of the media and say, rah, 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 be Billy Martin. That's not how Craig Council has been wired ever. I, I, he can be fiery, trust me. And what's said behind closed doors, the media doesn't hear for a reason. So uh, I, I don't, this is not Craig Council's fault. This is an execution thing. The team's not executing, period. That's That's the story, in my opinion with the offense looking at who's hot this is normally when we talk about who's hot well there's not much to say when you only get three hits in the game but i mean i i tweeted it earlier today and i want to reiterate the fact don't lose sight of what christian yelich is doing he's been great he has done his job this season and i i talked to a friend at the beginning of the season i've made appearances on other programs throughout the year asking is yelich back is yelich back is yelich back just let the dude play ball okay this is baseball. One guy does not carry a team. As great as he was in 18 and 19 when he was nearly back-to-back MVP, right? He still had Braun helping him out. He still had Aggie helping him out. That team had Keston Hero on his epic rookie year in 19. That team was supported well, and it set the stage very well for itself. We're looking for that guy right now who's going to help support 
and keep the team moving forward. 272 average, 366 on base, 441 slugging. He's a leadoff hitter now. He's not 2019 Yelich. He's a leadoff hitter now. 807 OPS, and he's been great since May 1st. And he's been a 345 player, 300 average, 400 on base, 500 slugging since May 1st, one of only four players in baseball to say the same. Christian Elich is hot. It's it's the reason why the Brewers ever have a chance in games, and he had the lone RBI tonight, an RBI triple down the right field line. Who's Hot is brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider, and don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. It's going to be warm this week, y'all. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. We're going to hear from the skipper coming up next. This is WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Well, you've heard me complain a lot, and we've read some texts as well. Wasn't a fun night. 9-1 to the loss tonight to the Diamondbacks. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, after tonight's defeat. Yeah, I think both those things are right. Um, they, they were obviously aggressive. Um, there were some, some misses. Um and that added up to some some hard contact. There was some, you know, we, then there was some soft contact. Um, that you know, with the walker at bat, that um, you know we didn't get an out on, and um, a walk in there, and so it added up. It then you know added up to a bad inning. When you get down that far that early against a guy like Kelly, it's kind of hard to dig out of that hole. Then, isn't it, offensively? Yeah, I mean, he, he's you know. He's a good pitcher, um, pitching very well. Um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't put much together, um, and, and he, he controlled us. You know, he controlled our contact all night, really. Craig, how Burns, we you know we talk to him a lot about the cutter, like it's it can be this just super special pitch, and then other nights it's not there. Do you feel like he's kind of been more up and down than, than usual with that pitch? More than past seasons, or more than yeah. I mean, I think that's well. Then, then the last couple of years, I think it's fair to say. Um, you know, I mean, you know, pitches for any pitcher. Um, you know, you have to you have to. It, there, there's pitch qualities to it that make it a great pitch, but you still have, we have to execute pitches and throw it in good spots and get into good counts and you know, all those things add up collectively and. Um, you know, they they their approach was, you know, starting out the game was was good. They got two pitches in the in the middle plate, and then, and then they hit them hard. Um, that's you know credit to them for that. They did they did a really good job with it. I mean, I think you know you're not going to you're not going to change the first pitch of the game. I don't think you know it was the first pitch of the game. The guy put a good swing on it. What do you think of Hauser and just the length that he gave you? Yeah, I mean, I thought. You know, I, I mean, Adrian did a really good job for us, um, and you know that we were able to get him to a spot to uh, keep him stretched out was you know essentially we basically you know we skipped him a start essentially, and we got you know eighty or so pitches out of him, so he's still stretched out, which is um, which is important and, and something we wanted to achieve at some point. So he did a nice, and then he did a nice job. I thought you know that the life on the sinker was was really really good tonight. This is a what if. What if Weimer makes that play in the first inning? You have thoughts about whether that significantly. Then there's one out. Yeah. Pretty good deep by him. Yeah. No. I mean, I think it was. 
it was, uh, you know, it's a tough play for the runner because um, obviously he's he's felt like he's made that play. He didn't have a chance to catch it. I'm not sure if the throw gets him or not. Um, you know, regardless, it's a tough play. It was a tough play. Perdomo misread it, but I think Weimer's clock just got a little bit sped up there. Uh, up next, we normally play highlights, but there really aren't many highlights from this one. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. It is summertime. Happy solstice coming up Tuesday. Got about 90 seconds left here in the program. Looking ahead to tomorrow, Colin Ray getting the ball for the Brewers. They have given him his trust. They're given. The Brewers trust in him, given they've put Adrian Hauser into the bullpen. Colin Ray, 3-4, and 4.71 ERA. Going up against the right-hander, Ryan Nelson. Colin's last start was five innings against the Twins. Uh, in that game, he allowed four earned runs on five hits. I mean, he hasn't really gone past the sixth in the month of June, but he's pitched well enough to keep the Brewers in games. He hasn't been dominant, which nobody asked him to be dominant, but he is... Given the Brewers a chance to win just about every time that he has taken the mound. Hopefully that continues tomorrow. Ryan Nelson, uh, 3-4, and four, a 5-3-0 ERA. He, 71 innings, does not strike out a lot of guys. 46 Ks, 26 walks as well. His last goal around against the Phillies, he allowed 10 hits, but only 5 runs in 4 innings, so a lot of contact against him. He had been pitching better before that. He had worked into the 6th of shutout ball against the Tigers. He also worked into the 5th, only 3 runs allowed against the Braves uh, for the right-hander Nelson. He did not face the Brewers earlier in the year. Game is at 7-10. Greg Matzik will have post-game for you tomorrow. I am out on assignment for the Freeway Series here on TBS. My thanks to producer Justin Pottinger. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.